the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back as we head into Hour 3. It is a delight to bring back Bethany Mandel. She is, among other things, a contributing writer for the Deseret News. And as we've spoken with her about before, the editor of the children's book series, Heroes of Liberty, Heroes of Liberty making her my favorite children's book publisher, Heroes of Liberty. Dot com. Uh, she does a lot more than all that. Uh, welcome back, Bethany. How are you doing? Thanks for joining us. I'm, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me, Beth. Always, always. By the way, how is that Heroes uh, of Liberty uh, project going? It's going super well. So we release a book a month, yep. and, um, you know, they're children's biographies. And this month, uh, you know, we just started the month of April, um, it's Margaret Thatcher. Oh, really fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Last month was March and was Alexander Hamilton. It was our longest book, and the illustrator is amazing. So we're, we're churning them out. And next month, you'll actually probably want to have me back and in. Uh, Rush Limbaugh. Oh, are you really? God love you. Good for yeah. you. That's yeah. great. Yeah. That's great. Well, I'm really excited. I'm excited to do so much radio on that one because it's what, going to be a really fun Well, I, I would love to do radio with you on that and promote that. Has the Ronald Reagan one come out before? I've seen the cover. I didn't know if it had come yeah. out yet. That's out. I'm going to go buy it after yeah, after our interview. Good. Original. It's one of our original three books. Oh, great. And then we have a subscription plan and... Um, or you can buy the, the books individually, but the Reagan book is a great one. Heroesofliberty.com, folks. You want your kids to read the good stuff, the kind of stuff? Well, as they put it on their website, the books that you that you were raised with. Uh, how does Emerson yeah. How does Emerson put it? Uh, uh, what we have loved, others will love, but we must show them how. Well, Bethany's doing it. The Heroes of Liberty group is doing it. They're showing us how. Bethany, I, we'll talk more about that, but I wanted to get you on because I, there, there's there's a fast moving train here, and and it's yeah. it seems like it's not only fast, it's speed of light fast, and it has yeah, to do. Terrifying. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, stuff we didn't think was even going to be a conversation piece, like. A year ago, but we're now mm-hmm. talking about um, not only the fights in Florida about teaching children about transgender issues or any really sexualization issues, but now we have the White House getting involved, and now we have the Department yeah. of Justice getting involved. Yep. Uh, Bethany, I, I guess we shouldn't be surprised, but my goodness, would you just say something and then we'll get into it a little bit, please? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that the, the most terrifying thing, I'm going to read you the Justice Department announcement. The Justice Department announced today that it issued a letter to all state attorney generals reminding them of the federal constitutional and statutory provisions that protect transgender youth against discrimination, including when you, the, those youth seek gender-affirming care. That language, affirming care, is um, it should send shivers up the spine of every single, not just parents, not just grandparents, but every single concerned American, because that is the euphemism to to own all euphemisms. What gender-affirming care means is that if a 14-year-old or an 8-year-old, whatever, comes to you as a, as a parent, as a medical professional, you name it, and they say, I think I am a opposite gender, boy or girl, yep. you have to then affirm that. You can't ask them any questions. Yep. You can't sort of counsel them. Yep. 
you have to affirm that. And affirming that means a couple things. It means providing, I mean, the biggest thing is you have to provide uh, hormonal treatment. They call it treatment, which is available basically over the counter at, at Planned Parenthood. And these hormones have devastating physical effects for children, prepubescent and postpubescent. And the one of the most terrifying things uh, that we know of, I mean, we don't know all the impacts because we're basically using a generation as guinea pigs. But one of the things that they at least admit is that this will sterilize these children. These are sterilizing hormones. And so a troubled youth comes to a medical professional or a parent or a teacher, whomever, and they say, I feel like I was born in the wrong body. They are basically allowed to obtain sterilizing hormones without even a second conversation. You know, it just seems so, I mean, there's so much to say. It seems we're forcing adulthood into children and we are putting mm-hmm. children into adults' bodies all at the same time yeah. here, Bethany. Um, uh, what, what do I want to say first about this to get your reaction? I guess the first thing I want to say is I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday, roughly our age, and you're probably a little younger than me, but roughly in our age category, and he was talking about when he was uh, eight years old playing on one of these uh, concrete steamroller flattener things, you know, one of these big steel things mm-hmm. that, you know, keeps the cement flat. And he fell off it at age eight and broke his wrist. And I said, yeah, that's a typical story. This is what eight-year-olds think about. This is what eight-year-olds know. Eight-year-olds think it's safe and fun and a good idea to play on steamrollers, and then they break their wrists. (laughs) Eight-year-old boys especially. Yes, yes, thank you. Yes, eight-year-old boys, certainly. (laughs) Of course, a lot of – this is what eight-year-olds know. This is what they think. And we're putting sexualization thoughts into them at even ages younger than this? I mean, shame on adults. Shame on adults. Yeah. I mean, I, I think about it from my childhood. I, I have always been a tomboy, just, you know, me, myself. When I got married to my husband, Seth, so I love your name. Thank you. When I got married to my husband, Seth, um, I, it never occurred to me to get a manicure for my own wedding. Interesting. And so my sister-in-law, <laughs> knowing me, shows up at the wedding with nail polish. Okay. And she was like, yeah, I didn't think that you would consider getting a manicure so i brought nail polish in case you want to put it on and i was like "Mm, i don't but you'd think i would huh (laughs) uh thank you for being so thoughtful and like i didn't know my sister-in-law that well at the time but she knew enough about me to know that i wouldn't even think to get a manicure for my own wedding and if i were growing up in this day and age a young girl who once at eight years old shaved my head because i thought it would be easier to not have to take care of my hair and only had male friends, and only wanted to play sports, never liked dressing up, never liked makeup. And I grew up into a woman who still doesn't like to dress up and still doesn't like to wear makeup and and all of these things. I would have been told I was a boy. You bet. And my five children would not exist. You bet. And just just because I don't like girly things doesn't mean I'm not a girl. That's right. (laughs) There is so much more to being a woman than wearing nail polish and dresses. And they have moved us back in time, which the only thing that, the only way to be a woman is to fit into this very gender normative, right. really antiquated box. Right. Right. <laughs> and this is, this is what progressives are doing. They're moving us back into the 1950s. Bethany, something else that we don't talk enough about, probably, and I'm glad you're comfortable with it. I'm comfortable with it, too. I, I think too many in our movement kind of just don't feel comfortable with it. I I want them to get there and maybe we can help them. 
But, you know, something about these books, too. I don't know if you've looked through some of this children's mm-hmm. literature. I've done it, nothing but. OK, good. Me, too. And <laughs> it's it's pretty gross, quite frankly. But yeah, but. But the point I guess I, I have from it is anyone who thinks this is just teaching about neutrally is no. totally it can't read. It's blind. No, no, this this is about encouraging. Right. This is about instantiation. This is about ideation. That's what this yes, is about. 100%. Exactly right. So let me read out of a book called George. It's by a writer named Alex Dino. And this is a book that is written for children between the ages of 8 and 12. Um, the interviewer said that Tina had been born a boy, then asked her whether she'd had the surgery. The woman replied that she was a transgender woman and that what she had between her legs was nobody's business for her and her boyfriend. This is a book, and then the book goes on to talk about hormonal treatments and puberty blockers and yada yada. That that short little paragraph that I just read to you is a book for children eight and up. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's business but her and her boyfriend. Like, what, what, I have an eight-year-old. Mm-hmm. I have an eight-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What planet? What would she even think of reading that? She doesn't know about boyfriends and girlfriends and what's between her. Like, it is written for an adult audience. Yes. And you were exactly Correct. right earlier. We are ripping childhood innocence away from these children, and there is no giving that back to them. And it is the greatest crime of this generation. And we've done it in so many ways. I mean, like, COVID is such a sort of picture-perfect example. Yeah. We've told children that the the safety of their grandmother indefinitely is dependent upon them wearing a dirty piece of, piece of cloth on their face at school. Like, it's ridiculous. We've put so much adult responsibility and so much adult problems on their shoulders um, with no consideration of if it's fair, uh, if it's developmentally appropriate. Um, we've just we've just barreled ahead. You know this this thing you did with the um, Bethany, this thing you did with the Attorney General's notice or the notice out of the Justice Department on this. You know it dawns on me as you were reading from it. I was looking at the White House fact sheet, which I want to run by you as well. But that Department mm-hmm. of Justice sheet that you were reading from, which they reference, um, it seems to me that the left, the progressives, the uh, neo Marxists here. It's not just that they're taking over our schools. Listening to what you said, they now want to take over medicine as well. Yeah. And we are now entering the oddest of territories. I thought in my wildest, worst nightmares we would never enter, which is what was routine in the old Soviet Union, which was the abuse of psychiatry, which is to say if you think wrong, you are psychiatrically ill, deficient, and require not only the state to fix you – but maybe even imprisonment until we get you. Can I take a quick break and come back with you on a little bit more of this, Bethany? Would love to. Thank you. I'm Seth Liebson. She's Bethany Mandel. By the way, you can follow her on Twitter. She has such a great active Twitter account, Bethany Shondark, at Bethany Shondark, S-O-H-O-N-D-A-R-K. You want to read her if you want to be smart. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Bethany S. Mandel is our guest, M-A-N-D-E-L. If uh, you want to Google or look her up, you can go to heroesofliberty.com, which is her children's book publishing uh, project, which is fantastic. I endorse it wholeheartedly. These books are great. I've gotten a few myself. I have one I have to order. I promised I will, the Ronald Reagan one. Bethany, we were talking about um, we were talking about how they are now, through the Department of Justice, going after 
uh, parents uh, like you, I suppose, who are a little bit hesitant on this uh, mm-hmm. fast-speeding bullet of, 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 of ripping the Garden of Eden from our children, uh, ripping childhood uh, from our children, um, and ripping uh, nature from our children, as well as uh, mental, social, emotional health. I mean, they're the ones about SEL, and it's weird how they are breaking social and emotional health by the day. But with this Department of Justice letter that you read in the previous segment, uh, they're, they're, they're not just content to go after schools. They're now going after medicine. And they are now making this almost – not only are they binding and tying the hands of medical professionals who may have a yep. child come to them or parents with a child come to them. Uh, they are making it as if we are the ones who have psychiatric disabilities for wanting to condition children to just kind of maybe grow up a little bit more naturally yeah. and just let's see if yeah. if nature can kind of take its course here. It's a frightening thing. It's 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 a frightening thing because we saw what happened in the Soviet Union when they did this to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so I've done a lot of reporting on this, and uh, so one of the more terrifying things is this this requirement to provide gender affirming care yeah. extends to pediatricians at yep. the American Academy of Pediatrics. That is their that is their default position as an entity yep. that you have to provide gender affirming care. And I've spoken to a number of pediatricians across the country and also, honestly, across the ideological spectrum, not just conservatives, every sort of manner of pediatricians. And they tell me they live in fear of a child coming into their office and telling them that they are gender confused because what they are supposed to do is send those children to gender clinicians and psychiatrists. Mm -hmm. And they know in those offices, they will automatically, without any hesitation, be affirmed and be put on uh, a regimen of hormones that will have uh, really serious effects on their physical health, not to mention their their emotional health and their their psychiatric sort of health as well. And they, they feel like they're put in a really tough position because they can't have an honest conversation because the, the American Academy of Pediatrics and the sort of company line within the medical field is you have to provide gender-affirming care. And they, they are on the ground and they see these kids and they see these kids that are really emotionally troubled. I mean, I'm in my, I'm in my now late 30s and the, sort of the thing that was very common among girls growing up when I was in my teens was cutting. Oh, yeah. and, right. um, and and anorexia and, and different forms of sort of physical self-harm mm-hmm. uh, in the forms of eating disorders, it's never been easy to grow up as a young woman. And we're telling young girls now that there is an escape route, mm-hmm. that you don't have to become a woman. You don't have to stay on this, this trajectory of puberty. And, um, and so we're telling this to girls who are struggling the most with this pubescent journey. Mm-hmm. And they are really struggling emotionally and mentally and what we are doing to them. Like maybe this sounds um, like a little bit of uh, not catastrophizing, but a little hyperbolic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a war crime because we are taking troubled youth and sterilizing them. Yes. I, 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 making, I would use that word. I will use that word with yes. you. Yes. Yes. It's it, a, it's it a, war a war crime. crime. It's a we crime are... against children. It's a crime against humanity in its yes. most literal sense. Go ahead. I'm with you. Yes. We, we are sterilizing them and making life-altering, lifelong uh, changes to their bodies. If you have the stomach for it, there are a lot of um, young women and men, mostly young women, who have sort of shared their stories 
when they've detransitioned, which mm-hmm. means they've sort of gone back to their birth sex mm-hmm. and and start associating themselves as that gender again. Mm-hmm. And the physical toll that all of this takes is um, un- is unbelievable. Um, I, I don't even think that, I mean, I don't want to say it <laughs> because you might have, you know, listeners in your car, but uh, the Barry Weiss substack, she's covered some of this kind of stuff. If you Google detransitioner mm-hmm. and Barry Weiss, another incredible journalist who's done this work is Abigail Schreier. Right. She wrote a book called Irreversible Damage, and she called it Irreversible Damage for a reason, mm-hmm. because this damage is irreversible. Yep. Um, but uh, the physical maiming that we're doing to these young men and women is um, it's beyond me. Yeah, it's stomach churning, and it will cont- continue to exacerbate, I think, I was going to yes. say the looming mental health crisis we're going to see with our youth from from COVID, but it's not looming. It's here. We are now no. going to add yeah. another one on top of this. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and we are, um, we are, you know, as we did with COVID, we are creating it. It's, yeah. it's not something that just happened. Oh, right. We decided to, we decided to handle COVID as we did, and we're deciding to handle this, this gender confusion as we are. And we are, um, this generation should never forgive what we are doing for them. I, I agree with you on that. And I want to say something about your word hyperbolic. You were concerned or a few sentences ago about being hyperbolic. Uh, please, anyone in the audience that has the time, go to the White House website, fact sheet, Biden-Harris administration advances equality and visibility for transgender Americans, March 31st. I'm, I'm, you're familiar with it. Um, mm-hmm. You're familiar with it, Bethany. I got to tell you, you want to know what an administration cares about. You want to know what they care about. Look how much time and effort they put on what they are trying to put an emphasis on. This is one of the longest statements on a White House website I have ever seen. And the funny mm-hmm. thing about it is it says, quote, as the president has said, these bills, talking about the Florida kind of bill, these bills are government overreach at their worst. They are un-American and they must stop. And then you read about government agency after government agency from the Department of State, including the Department of Homeland Security, Bethany, getting involved in this stuff. Talk about government overreach. I don't want to get into a government thing about this. My point is they really care about this. They really want to force this issue. They are all yeah. in. You cannot be hyperbolic enough from our perspective is what I'm trying to say. No, I, I agree. It's, it's really um, it's really terrifying. Bethany, um, listen, the uh, the only really other question I have from you, because I can't tell from here. You're, you're, you're a little bit more on the East Coast based. I can't really tell from here. What do you think is the is the division here between the cultural elites and those forcing this and the rest of the country? Is the rest of the country buying into this? Is it 50-50? Is it 80-20? What's your sense? What's the divide here if there is a divide? I think that people don't understand. I, they, the left has been very, um, very good about uh, euphemism. Mm-hmm. And so when, when you use the phrase gender affirming care, <laughs> yeah. I think that the yeah. average American does not know what that entails. Yeah. And um, I think that so we've kind of seen this a little bit of an example with an abortion with abortion yep. stuff. Yep. When you have a conversation with people and you just say euphemistically, do you support a woman's right to choose? Yep. Well, sure. Sure. If you, if you show them a picture of an eight-week-old fetus and say, what do you think about this? You show them a picture of a 30-week-old fetus. If, like, when they actually see what they're agreeing to, their answers change. 
which is why they try and conceal it, including concealing it from the parents, which is the new effort. Bethany Mandel, you are the best. I thank you for taking time from your evening with us. We really appreciate you so much. Thank you so much. You betcha. Godspeed and God bless. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by the good folks at the Midas Gold Group. Gold has been used as money for nearly 3,000 years, and today it remains a common-sense investment that's simple and straightforward. You don't need a pushy commission salesperson to tell you why you should buy gold. You already want it. You already know about gold. All you need is a reputable dealer with advice based on experience, a complete range of bullion and coins, so that you can get what you want at the best value. That's why I love Midas Gold Group. They're veteran-owned, proud supporters of America First, and this show right here on 960 The Patriot. They're fighting for your right to the financial privacy and freedom that gold offers. Trust the dealer that I, Seb Gorka, and thousands of you know and trust, Midas Gold Group. Check them out at MidasGoldGroup.com. I want to pick up on just something we didn't focus on tremendously with Bethany, but her project, uh, the project that she's embarked on, uh, we've talked to her about it before a little bit, and uh, it's the Heroes of Liberty Project, which is uh, books written for children uh, to give them the kind of things, as Bethany and her team at uh, Heroes of Liberty say, we were raised on, the good stuff. You've heard me quote Emerson saying what we have loved, others will love, but we must show them. We must show them. We're not showing them. We're giving them other stuff, and it's not very good stuff. It's just stuff. That's not how we developed the most advanced civilization in the history of the world. We developed the best civilization in the history of the world by, first of all, an open mind and having an open society. Second, by understanding what it takes to instantiate the virtues, not just the virtues of home and hearth, but the virtues that apply to and come with citizenship in a society where all people are considered to be equal or at least in an economic and social sphere, have an equal shot at the American dream. In Plato's Republic, he gets to this. Uh, We've done a lot of Plato today. We'll do a little bit more. He gets to this about how you raise children. He writes, you know that the beginning is the most important, excuse me, you know that the beginning is the most important part of any work, especially in the case of a young and tender thing, for that is the time at which the character is being formed and the desired impression is more readily taken. Let me pause on that right there for a moment if I can. You've heard me on this before. I think I can't repeat it often enough. In the case of the young and tender, for that is the time at which the character is being formed and the desired impression is more readily taken. Why do you think the left is so active with our children? Why do you think they are so ardent about what they are doing in our schools? Why do you think they lie about it, conceal about it, and then when discovered, lie about it again by telling us it's not happening as they fight us for changing or trying to change that which they try to tell us is not happening in the first instance? One can call it cognitive dissonance. One can call it political uh, and rational schizophrenia. Uh, One should call it, however, what it is which is Marxist leftist 
progressive disorientation. That's what it is. It's Marxist leftist progressive disorientation. Any port in a storm. No, it's not happening. Nothing to see here. And once you start stopping it from happening, we will fight you, hammer and tong. So Plato continues, shall we just carelessly allow children to hear any casual tales which may be devised by casual persons and to receive into their minds ideas for the most part the very opposite of those which we should wish them to have when they are grown up? Let's underscore that. The answer, if you're a progressive and a leftist, is yes. Why else are we using a 1619 curriculum? Why else are we using a BLM curriculum? And when you look at what underlies those curricula, in the case of BLM, they are not shy about it. It's Marxist history. It's Marxist concepts of education. It's Marxist disruption of, of course, as they used to tell us, the Western notion of the family. Why should we be surprised that we are having these fights right now? If it comes from the 1619 Project, well, it's an indictment against all of America. How else to be the handmaiden of Marxism if your country is based in freedom when you have the obligation as a leftist to make sure that it is your philosophy that reigns? You have to teach the American people by hook or crook, and in this case it's both, that they've been living a lie. This country is not a free country. Leave it to them and they will give us freedom. Freedom from every natural constraint ever put on us. The freedom to be as gods. That's what this transgender business is all about in the first place, don't you know? I'll say more when we come back and we will be right back. You hear that song, you get the memory of the image from the movie The Color of Money, do you? Did you ever see it with Tom Cruise and Paul Newman? Great movie. Follow-up to The Hustler. Did you ever see The Hustler? You did? With Jackie Gleason? There was uh, Bill Bennett's film professor at the University of Texas um, said that uh, – opened his class. Have I done this before? He opened his class saying um, most – People will say they have seen thousands of movies. I have seen one movie thousands of times. What was that movie? The Hustler. It's an okay movie. I don't know if it's that great. I, I maybe start a new class. Anyway, let me put in a good word also for our sponsors at Balance of Nature. They're fruits and veggies, which I take every single day. You can learn more about them at balanceofnature.com. Whole food nutrition. It's made from fresh – The Capsules are made from fresh, whole produce. They use an advanced cold vacuum process where the vitamins, minerals, and phytonutrients of the fruits and vegetables are preserved so you get the vital nutrition in each capsule. What vital nutrition? The vital nutrition of 16 fruits and 15 vegetables. It's a fantastic product. I take it every single day, and um, it's kept me well for three years. It'll keep you well, too, to boost your immunity, maintain your health, even repair it. I go on an extra-long run. As I did today, I'll take a few extra. You bet I will. Balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Okay. Uh, I was talking a little bit uh, just in the previous segment about the import of uh, what we think we should be teaching our kids uh, and the import of why the left thinks uh, what they should be teaching our kids uh, should reign. Um, and, and, and we take this from Plato's Republic. You know, Plato asked the question – uh, well, he didn't ask the question. He stated that the two most important questions a society asks itself are 
Bill? Yes, sir. You get an A. This is why <laughs> Bill has been in this class for a long time now, and he appreciates probably, I hope you all do, that uh, what Dennis Prager says, what repetition is the essence of pedagogy. We've repeated that a few times, haven't we? Do it again. It's important. The two most important questions a society asks or can ask itself is who's teaching the children and what are they being taught? So Plato answers, we cannot just give them anything, especially the very opposite of that which we should wish them to have when they are grown up. Anything received into the mind, Plato writes, at that age, young ages, is likely to become indelible and unalterable. And therefore, it is most important that the tales which the young first hear should be models of virtuous thoughts. Then will our youth dwell in the land of health amid fair sights and sounds and receive the good in everything. And beauty, the effluence of fair words, shall flow into the eye and ear like a health-giving breeze from a purer region and insensibly draw the soul from the earliest years into likeness and sympathy with the beauty of reason. There can be no nobler training than that. No nobler training than that. You think they're getting that now? Are they getting models of virtuous thoughts in their schools? We were amazed, weren't we, when we started looking at these textbooks where I had a textbook, sorry, children's books, pre-K children's books, Reading excerpts where we had to bleep out some of the words, right, Bill? You had to use that bleep button, didn't you, about four times on the last children's book I read on there. That children's book was aimed at pre-K, aimed at pre-K, and we had to use the bleep button. Anyway, uh, this is right because Plato was right that, yes, these things do imprint on the young mind indelibly and unalterably as Plato put it. We know this. We know this, which is why I laugh when uh, I had a caller about a week ago. Caller was talking about there are no studies that show, and she was mocking the notion. I mean, she's on our side. She was saying, I got a report that says no sh no studies show that there is any any problem in teaching children at young ages about these issues. Well, <laughs> you look at those studies that they've gone through. They're highly self-selecting. They're not they're not scientifically acceptable studies, not the way we do uh, rigor, rigor, rigorous studies, double blind, anything like that. They're not they're not fit for any peer reviewed journal, quite honestly. Uh, and a lot of them are based on volunteer responses. And as I say, self-selection. But, you know, it makes one want to ask the Abraham Lincoln question, which is, are all the laws to go enforced but one? Are, are, have we taken complete leave of every piece of evidence we know about protecting children's minds and children's eyes and children's experiences from those things which are so highly age inappropriate. What does it mean to be age inappropriate? It means to be children can't process it like adults. Children's brains and emotional maturity are not able to assimilate what is being put in front of them in a way that will be healthy later on. These children, we know this when exposed to sexual themes, whether it's pornography, whether it's, God forbid, live acts, whether any of these things are put in front of children, we know we are going to cause problems in that child's life. To paraphrase um, Teddy Roosevelt, 
not necessarily a menace to society, but certainly a menace to themselves, if not also society. We have reams of research about this, reams of it. Why do we think child pornography is in and of itself illegal when pornography for adults is not? Why do we think that? What are we trying to protect here? We're trying to protect not just their brains and not just their emotions. Can I even say souls? What we're trying to protect is the entire notion of childhood, the entire notion of childhood. I think children want it. I think it's the adults that disturb this continually. And shame on them. Shame on them. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. <laughs> That's funny. I love those lyrics. I love that voice. Well, we've um, we've geeked out a little bit this hour. We've done a lot of uh, political philosophy, a lot of Plato, but let's uh, let's just uh, complete the point here. Leo Strauss, uh, great Plato scholar, scholar on Plato and so much other classical political um, philosophy, taught that liberal education consists in the con. Constant intercourse with the greatest minds. It's a training in the highest form of modesty, not to say of humility. I want you to think about that as we're talking about our children's education here. Okay? It's an intercourse with the greatest minds in the training of the highest form of modesty, not to say of humility. It is at the same time demanding of a complete break with the noise, the rush, the thoughtlessness, the cheapness of the vanity fair of the intellectuals as well as of their enemies. That's what you're in the presence of, folks, the vanity fair of the intellectuals. It demands, Strauss says, from us boldness implied in the resolve to regard the accepted views of the culture as mere opinions. Don't think of them as truth. For liberal education, he concludes, is liberation from vulgarity. Remember that. True liberal education is liberation from vulgarity. And he says the Greeks had a beautiful word for vulgarity. They called it aperokalia, lack of experience in things beautiful. Liberal education supplies us with the experience in things beautiful, or at least it should. Quit vulgarizing our children. Stop vulgarizing our children. And let's go back to giving them the experience of things beautiful. All right, until tomorrow, God bless you all. I'm Seth Leibson. Thank you for everything. Class dismissed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.